Hey everyone, why don't you come on down? It's Point Break Minute, don't be a clown. We point out the moments and break down the minutes, so climb on board to the Point Break! And welcome back to Point Break Minute, where we point out the moments and break down the minutes of Point Break one minute at a time. Jessa just gave me a really funny face. I don't know what that was about. Oh, I was yawning. I'm Marin Kennedy. And I'm Jessa Lowe. And? It's John Parker of Bat Minute. <laughs> oh, no. I'm Batman. <laughs> that was more of a oh, um, good. Christian Bale Batman, but I don't That was care. the Christian Bale. Is a, the Michael Keaton Batman just kind of sounds like Michael Keaton. Yeah, he doesn't change his voice too much, does he? Yeah. I guess, we, you know... Disguising your voice, not disguising it, it's a, that's a discussion for Bat Minute. So go check that out if you want to talk about that. We're talking about Point Break, Minute 64. Yes. So, Minute 64 begins with the gal in the food stand handing over the two lemonades and um, Keanu getting his uh, food booty and bring it back to the car. <laughs> food, um, food booty. Food like, booty. Like, is that a booty you get from eating a lot of food? Yeah, or? Like, junk in the like trunk. Oh, like, booty. oh, like, okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, he go. He somehow scares Busey. Um, Before that, I just wanted to point out that uh, he gets two meatball sandwiches, tuna on wheat, and two lemonades for seven eighty four. Yeah, this is uh, you know, this is 1990 dollars, so it's it's probably about right, I guess. Well, that was one of my questions. That's a note I've got. Like, I know America is cheaper than England, right? England's ridiculous. Not that cheap, though. But yeah, like this must be due to inflation, right? It'd be more than that. I assume so. Yeah, Yeah. or I might. I mean, I I was barely alive when this movie came out, so I don't really know. I can't. Like nowadays, prices like that. That would would be be one. That'd be like cheap meatball sub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like one, no yeah, drinks. like like yeah, no drink, just the meatball sub, <laughs> and it's maybe not a great meatball sub. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you get a drink included. Maybe you got the combo. Meatball. Yeah, that's Subway, maybe. Yeah, that yeah. you'd be lucky to get that here. Yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, and it definitely makes you wistful for the the days of the nineties. Yeah. The, um. So. That was that was also getting to be that was like on the upswing for the economy in the U.S. That's true. So yeah, it might yeah it might have been cheaper than usual too. Um, and then Busey has another kind of inhuman moment of going. <laughs> his... He la- he laughs again. He's still he's still laughing at the comics. Says, <laughs> <laughs> "Oh boy, you scared me." And then Keanu comes to the car like, "Oh God, you scared me." Yeah. Um... <laughs> like he knew that Keanu was coming back to the car. Like yeah, and he's on a stakeout. And he's reading <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes on a stakeout. As you do, okay, yeah. His frame of his frame of mind for this stakeout is is very odd. He's very relaxed. He's easily startled. It's all about the meatball subs. It's all about the Calvin and Hobbes. You know, he's he is here for his stuff. Yeah, and it, you know, it goes. To, it it may be that again. The reason he agreed to do this was because he realized that the bank in question was near his favorite meatball sandwich shop. Yeah. And he doesn't really believe that anyone's going to rob this bank. He's, yeah. He doesn't actually think it's going to happen. So he just gets a nice relaxing day to get, you know, getting paid to do nothing. Yeah. All yeah. for the sandwiches. Yes. And then Keanu has this line of, here, yours is the one that looks like roadkill. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, yeah, 
It does. It really does. I know you guys like the meatball subs. I having never have had one. It, it, they just look so gross. Oh, they look like crap. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they look like a bunch of slop. Yeah, but it's so good. It doesn't yeah. look like roadkill. Roadkill has like fur on it and stuff. It's like. Well, it depends the quality of the place you go in to get exactly. your sandwich. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Yeah, if you're getting one for uh, you know, two for seven eighty four, then maybe uh, mm. they leave the they leave the the skin of the animal on. It all goes on the same meat grinder. It all goes in the same meat grinder. Yeah. 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 I mean, who knows? Who knows what's in those meatballs? Yeah. Um. And then he says, "I'm so hungry, I could eat the ass off of a dead rhino." <laughs> I should have asked for three. Three sandwiches is insane. Three meatball three sandwiches. Three meatball sandwiches. That's like that's getting to be eating competition levels of yeah. uh, gluttony. I don't know if I've ever reached a point of hunger where a I could eat three meatball subs, <laughs> or b I could eat the ass off of a rhino. <laughs> it's quite a phrase. Uh, I mean, I guess there is a such thing as uh, your eyes being bigger than your stomach, like. If I'm really hungry and I want to get a meatball sandwich, I'll be like, oh, one isn't going to be enough. I got to get at least two or three. But then when I get like three quarters of the way through the first one, I'm like, oh, man, I can't do it. That's the thing. You, you know? regret it because when you're hungry, this is what I think you you kind of enter that weird phase where, yeah, you your eyes are bigger than your stomach. You order something huge, yeah. but you're you're not ready to take in that amount of food. You're not trained yeah. and Then you get the cramps it. and yeah. Yeah. You haven't done your stomach stretches. And... Essentially, that's true, though, because if you, if you want to eat a lot, you mm-hmm. kind of do have to prep. That, that's the whole concept behind, like, appetizers, isn't it? It gets you hungry. It gets oh, you going. That's true. Maybe, maybe yeah. one meatball sub is the appetizer. You'll wait half an hour. You'll have another one. Yeah. That, yeah, I suppose they are yeah. staking this out, you know, for the whole day. So he's just planning it out. Mm-hmm. Planning out his meals. But then it, it wouldn't yeah. be warm then. It's best when it's, like, a little no. warm, I yeah, the, the the bread'll get soggy. It's not it's not a food that stays very well. No. But then it's a very hot place, so maybe maybe it won't cool down. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. Keep it in the car dashboard in the sun. Oh, yeah, keep keep it on the engine. With mm. the meat and the cheese. <laughs> oh great. Well I I did like mm. it keeping it that kind of a theme. I did like that they got uh, a lemonade. Because yeah. uh, I used to live also in Cyprus. Oh. Uh yeah, I'm a weirdo. Um, and I, I associate specifically, I, I think I was the right age and it was the right climate. I always just used to drink seven up. That was my oh. thing. So I associate seven up with the heat, with refreshing, with, uh, the beach. So I, I like that they chose this cause that's what I would have had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lemonade's very refreshing. You get, you know, it's uh, that's something about that sour lemony flavor is just like yeah. it's just what you want on a hot day when you're thirsty. But something tells me this isn't going to be like authentic lemonade. This is like Minute Maid mix, Crystal Light lemonade. Oh yeah, yeah. It's oh, not. Yeah. It's not lemons. Uh. There's no lemons near this thing. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah. But still, this it's kind of cute. Like, oh, we're gonna get two little lemonades. Like, yeah, Keanu got one too. Yeah. You know, he's he's gonna get a lemonade. He's not getting like water with lemon in it. Being, yeah. you know, he's he's gonna have or some like sugar with his uh, with Pepsi. his tuna. <laughs> 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 is, that, is that what you, you? There's a lot of judgment on that Pepsi there, yeah. Jessica. Uh-huh. Pepsi. <laughs> that's that's what men drink. Men drink Pepsi. Men drink Pepsi. <laughs> oh yes, us, us uh, men, we're known for Pepsi drinking, of course. <laughs> Actually, that, <laughs> my partner always makes fun of me because uh, 
I'm I'm uh, not a typical man. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I'm a freak. Uh, but I drink manly cocktails. <laughs> but I could be I could be I could be dressed in punk clothes or drag even, and I'll be drinking a uh, an old fashioned. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yes. that's that's weird. Whiskey on the rocks. <laughs> it's nice, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm probably the opposite of that. I <laughs> I like my like little you know sweet drinks. That good too. I actually, that don't drink too. that much anyway. Aww. Pepsi. My favorite thing. I ever joke about Pepsi. I think it was on like some late night show. It's like the the this tagline for Pepsi is "I'm sorry we don't have Coke. Is Pepsi okay?" Oh no, Pepsi's nicer. I will defend Pepsi. It's the best. Okay. Aww. I don't know. I can't really tell the difference. Yeah. It's kind of all the same Coke, to me. Uh, Coke brand. Aww. I may be biased though, because again, when you live in Pakistan, right, you get all the all the TVs from India, um, uh-huh. and you're, you're bombarded with Pepsi commercials, Pepsi ads everywhere. They love Pepsi so much, oh. and I remember the uh, I remember the catchphrase. What was it? Is uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the translation though. It's terrible because uh, I think it was like Pepsi ye dil mange more, which is like uh, I think it was like my heart once more. Which is meant to be like, oh, <laughs> Pepsi is the more. But you could interpret it as, well, it's not Coke. My heart wants more than this, but okay. Fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pepsi leaves you wanting. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, yeah. That, like, it's the drink of India. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know that. All over the place. And um, you'd go to the, like, the buy something in Pakistan. You'd go to the shops. Uh, I'd, I, I would be buying like 30 PlayStation games because they're all fake, obviously. Um, and while they're packing them up and getting them ready and things, they'd like, they'd say, oh, would, you, you want a Coke? They mean a Pepsi, but they, they would uh-huh. get mm-hmm. you a Pepsi for free because like, you're buying so much stuff. They're like, here you go. <laughs> That's nice. Well, it is interesting. This has nothing to do with the minute at this point, but uh, uh, it is interesting in different regions of America and probably the world, I assume, is like there are different, the different words for soft drinks. Mm. Like, here in the northwest it's soda usually or a soft drink yeah or uh but in the south i believe they if they ask if you ask for a coke that means any soda mm-hmm. that just means you know it could be seven up it could be pepsi yeah. yeah it's just like oh can i have a coke oh and that could insane. mean anything that's crazy yeah, yeah that's it's really weird the south is insane yeah okay. and then in, on the east coast it's pop mm-hmm. oh okay yeah we have pop yeah, that makes more sense. But yeah, I think it's in the south. In certain areas, you, you just ask for a coke, and that it's like, oh, what kind do you want? Like, like that coke? doesn't make any sense to me. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose you could it's, say, well, uh, here we have all different flavors of coke. There's vanilla coke, cherry coke. Maybe that's what they that's mean. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's what I hear anyway. I haven't, I haven't visited the south, the southern United States too much, so I don't actually know that. But that's that's what I've heard. So here we tend mm-hmm. to. We've got pop. It tends to be older people who say that, but that it, it gets said mm-hmm. usually in the north as well, where I live. Um, but usually we're very boring people, <laughs> so the main thing you call them are fizzy drinks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's very straightforward. It's very straightforward. Yeah. It's 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 quite uh, communist. It's very literal. Yeah, it's a fizzy drink. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Well, I was going to go over this in the in the beginning of the uh, minute. Uh, there is a song playing underneath uh, the his Keanu's ordering, and uh, we've gone over uh, the soundtrack in this. The soundtrack in Point Break. I was thinking about this is all. It's nothing is really you know you don't really ever hear it too much. There's there's various rock songs in the background, 
but they never really come to the foreground. And they're all just kind of, uh, none of them are really hits or anything you've heard of before. I haven't heard of this song before. It's called Criminal oh. by Public Image Limited. Um, so it's uh, uh, Johnny Rotten after the Sex yeah. Pistols became John Lydon, and he, he was in Public Image Limited. My favorite and band, a, Public Image Limited. Really? That's your favorite band? It is my favorite band. Awesome. Oh wow! Well, this is it's good. This is a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> coincidence. Do you, do you know the song "Criminal"? I know it. It's not my favorite era of the band. Um, yeah, this, this is when they're kind of like going for a. I don't know what you want to call it, like a stadium hard rock kind of sound, which is not very. Yeah, that's them. That's why I, w- I was surprised when I found out it was Public Image Limited because it, it, hearing it just in the background of this scene, I assumed it was going to be like Guns N' Roses or something. Yeah, that's and what they're going for. They, like, oh. At the time, they did do a tour. Uh, I'm trying to remember who they're with. I think they were with like Faith No More and groups like that. They were doing a big tour. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, they were, they were kind of getting in with that crowd for a little while, which is very different. <laughs> Yeah, that is that's not uh, the the uh, the public image limited that I'm that I was familiar with, which is not familiar at all, really. But uh, I I know them from having a little bit more of a, an offbeat sound. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not something is uh yeah. They're very. So they, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, oh yeah. The I was going to go over there. You go ahead. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, their sound is usually for me. Well, I say usually that that they have so many albums. They've been going so long now. But their sound to me is the first, I'll say first three albums, but I like the fourth one as well. The first three albums, they're very experimental. Uh, They Mm -hmm. go for a sound like a a kraut rock band, like Can or Noi, that kind of thing, mixed with Johnny Rotten's vocals and odd synths. Like It's very strange art project kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what the the few that I've heard are more like that kind of just minimal, you know, drum machines and stuff, you know, mm. stuff like that. But I w- I have been doing this uh, in the next in the series of of lyrics. I read the lyrics of songs that we hear, and uh, this one goes like a criminal. It's called criminal, which is very on the nose, by the way, for a scene with a bank robbery. Yeah. <laughs> I can see what they were going for there. So, like a criminal, did you think it could be like on TV? Where you could be big in your own movie? Did real life let you down? A genuine Pygmalion. Now, I had to look this up. A Pygmalion is someone who falls in love with their own creation. So I guess it's someone who's like in love with the criminal life, I guess. Which is uh, interesting to think about in, in relation to the, the characters. Um, so yeah, there's, that's, I'll just read the first one. It doesn't get very much inter- more interesting down, down, uh, down the rest of the lyrics. But uh, interesting use of the word Pygmalion there. Yeah, that's cool. I like that because it does. It fits the movie. I, I mean, was this written for the movie? I love the band, but I've I've only heard it in that context. Like, oh it, yeah, it's a pill song. I've not heard it in. The, I didn't know it was in a film. No, I, I, I the soundtrack to this this uh, to Point Break is is not. Uh, most of the songs are not well known. I haven't. I hadn't heard of any of them. I don't think before. And I think it was just sort of songs they could get for not very much money to just sort of be in the background of the movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think the only song that was written for Point Break was uh, the Sheryl Crow song, Hundreds of Tears, yeah. which is also just in the background of a scene. Uh, but and it was also before Sheryl Crow was a name. So it's probably just sort of, oh, she's a singer-songwriter. We'll just uh, get her to write this song. I don't think it was a hit or anything. Uh, but yeah, I think the rest of the songs were just sort of, you know, whoever did the, who was doing the sound design or, uh, or um, editing decided to sort of pick some songs and throw them in there. 
They probably thought they were, you know, we'll just throw in a, oh, it's called criminal. That's kind of, that's kind of cool. We'll use that. Well, it, it works. <laughs> yeah. And it has the right sound. It sounds like the sort of song that would be on the radio because it sounds like a sort of big stadium rock mm. song, as you said. That's uh, not usually what they do, but it, it has the right sound for the scene for sort of being on the street in L.A. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that whole era they were going for that sound. I think it it's from around when they did the album, let me think, That What Is Not. Which is which is all kind of this sound, really? Yeah, I believe that's that, that is what it's from. So that makes sense. So then we get um, uh, we see the ex presidents come out of the bank. Yes, and it's it's curious to me. I, I was trying to figure out, and maybe John, you haven't seen the mo- the full movie much more recently than I have. Mm. Does Keanu know what car he's looking for? Um, oh, I didn't actually take that in. I don't think they're fully aware of which car it is. They know okay. they know no. its patterns, shall we say, the behavior, because they leave okay. the car running. And they, they, they point this out a few times. Like, 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 that's a revelation. Oh, they leave the car running, and then they do this. And <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, because he says something, like, to me, when the car is... The car come down is coming down the block while he's still picking up the sandwiches. And to me, he might have been able to see it had he known what car he was looking for. Mm. Or maybe he could have heard it or or something. Well, there, there is a kind of winky thing that they do where Keanu was clearly directed to, like, look a certain direction while the car was pulling up just so he couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then he clearly he does see it as he walks back to uh, to Pappas. He says... Did you see that Lincoln pull up? And Pappas is just so absorbed in his meatball sandwich that he doesn't even respond <laughs> yeah. until he uh, until he takes a bite. He says, "What Lincoln?" And then they they look and see that it's uh, the ex president. Yeah. So Keanu, like Busey, is not even engaged a little bit. But Keanu is even Keanu is kind of he's kind of out of it. He's not yeah. really paying attention as much as he should be. <laughs> it's insane that this is a movie where the hero misses the crime because he's buying a sandwich. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. I need to just yeah. constantly state this fact. He misses the criminals because he's <laughs> buying food. It's great. Yeah, no, that's that's come up before. Like uh, Johnny Utah, Keanu Reeves in this movie is not. He's not that good. He's not that good at being <laughs> being a cop. He's actually pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> he's trying. Damn it. Yeah, he he is trying, uh, but he yeah he's he's I mean he's a rookie. He's only been on the force you know maybe a month at this point. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, so and then Busey, you know, he's he's experienced, but he doesn't really care. Yeah, and he's at least not today. He's in his own world as well. He, he's doing his own thing. <laughs> he's just really yeah. really hungry. He's a yeah. really hungry boy. Yeah, and so yeah, that that was my big question because I was I was trying to figure that out. Um, but I was mostly really excited to see the presidents again. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen them in action like this. Yeah, their uh, their their masks. Yeah, it gets that music going, and it's like yes. <laughs> um. Well, I like uh, that about uh, the film, though. It paces it. It's very well paced. The mm-hmm. again, it's not balls to the wall action. It's the crimes are spread out throughout the movie in such a way that yeah, it's been a long time since you've you've seen any of this, and yeah. in in a good way. You're not bored of it. It still has impact. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it switches it switches things up. There's a lot. It has a lot of variety of uh, you know of of scenes. There's scenes where they're surfing and just having a good time. There's scenes where it's you know this tense bank robbery and 
you know cop stuff and it it, it shakes it up it, it keeps it moving in a nice way that's true this is also, I think, the first moment where uh, Patrick Swayze's character, who is in the Ronald Reagan mask, realizes who Johnny Utah is. And ah. it's devastating. Oh. Like you, it's like, you know, it's just a moment. But in that mask, he, like, looks at Keanu and pauses while all the other guys are still like, and in his little tailcoat yeah it's that moment of stillness and like i felt like i could just see his mask like sag oh. with heartbreak well yeah the, the reagan mask does look kind of like it's sad it's like it looks sad. he looks kind of sad he has this yeah. kind of like saggy like like the sad uh the sad clown face yeah. and the... <laughs> i don't know how they do this in movies because sometimes the mask doesn't look like that i i think it's it's all lighting and things like that yeah. and angles yeah. and stuff because my f- my favorite movie is Return of the Jedi. I know I'm supposed to say oh, it's yeah. Empire, but whatever. It's Return I, of the I, Jedi. I I I mean, we this is another this is a discussion for the Star Wars podcast, but I I think Empire is a great movie, but most of the time I'd rather watch Return of the Jedi. Yes, good choice. Good choice. So. <laughs> and in that, of course, they don't do anything to Darth Vader's mask at the end, but thanks to the lighting and the angles and things like that, when the Emperor's electrocuting Luke, he looks sad. It, it, like you feel his emotion and it's the same here you because mm. at first i didn't i had to watch it a couple of times again to get that impression that he recognized johnny but he does and the way it shoots it you you feel that i think um i was just i don't know why i missed it the first time i think i was trying to overanalyze things <laughs> yeah yeah it's a quick moment but yeah i mean normally if you, they're trying to get away so he wouldn't bother looking back but he looks back he looks at him and yeah. you can see him pause and like oh it's it's him yeah, it's devastating. I'm glad Johnny doesn't seem to recognize him, though. He doesn't. He doesn't get it yet. Yeah, like, well, he, like I mean, the, he does it's know. him doing that in that moment in that mask in front of him, though. Yeah, I mean, he, he yeah. maybe just you know the adrenaline's kicking in, and he just he's not he's not registering it in an emotional way yet. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it gets registered till later. Yeah, later on, it yeah. sort of it, it comes home for him. Yeah, like he knows, but he doesn't he doesn't know if you know what I mean. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't know. It, that's hasn't, it him hasn't hit there. him yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't grieved yet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little moment. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I love those masks. <laughs> yeah. It made me think of um of uh what did I, uh, baby driver that I watched recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which of course totally. has a connection because it's by the same director as Hot Fuzz, which yes. references this. So I, I thought maybe yeah. Baby Driver was trying to reference uh, in a little way the these kind of guys. I yeah, well, yeah. There's so. there's the scene where they get the 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 Mike Myers masks, and they mm, they're meant to get good. the Michael Myers masks, and that's a <laughs> that's a good joke. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's probably fairly. I don't know how how often bank robbers actually use like silly masks rather than just like you know a ski mask. I think but, it'd be better to use a silly one. Yeah, yeah. It's a little distracting, you know. I think that's the point is that yeah. it's distracting and um and not calling people by their names would be easier because you could just call them by what they're supposed to be well, well that's one of the first things i thought of when i watched this film by the way that that it does tie in why does he infiltrate this gang with his real name johnny utah right <laughs> right I, I think because it's such an unbelievable name yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a made-up name yeah. <laughs> they should have known he was a cop with a name like that god damn it he's made it up yeah that is really odd i don't know if we've actually talked about that before like why doesn't <laughs> 
Why does he just use his real name? Yeah, it's like James <laughs> Bond, though. He tells everyone he's called James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, th- this movie was originally, the title, the original title was going to be Johnny Utah. Oh, no, I don't like that. So, no, <laughs> yeah. it would have been bad. Uh, but I think they they were just kind of all in on this cool name. And uh, if he had to use a fake name for most of the movie, then it, it wouldn't have had as, uh, they wouldn't have yet to get to hear it as much. Well, and the fact that his name has right name recognition for Bodhi to accept him into the gang. Bodhi accepts him into the gang because he's, oh, Johnny Utah ah. from blah, 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 state football sports. And then... Yeah, he's famous. He's a famous college football That's star. a good point. It works very well in his favor. I hadn't thought about that. And and as you said, he is quite new to the force. So yeah. people might not mm. make those connections. They might just think, oh, it's yeah. that guy who played football for a bit. Yeah. So I, I think it's at, and at the point when he's infiltrating that gang, he's not really trying to infiltrate them. Um, he's really just like... That's a good point, too. He's just trying to learn how to serve yeah. and then gets caught up in it. Yeah, he doesn't think that they're the criminals, so he's yeah. just like, oh, I can just be myself. I'm just I'm just basically trying to... He's just trying to get into the community of, of surfers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although, yeah. you know, it still probably would have been... Uh, oh, you know, safer. To... Safer and uh, more toward <laughs> procedure, to use a fake name, but yes. we're... We're not really about official FBI procedure in this movie at all. <laughs> yeah. What? I thought this is exactly how it happens. Yeah. yeah. Like when he shows up late for the raid, like hungover and just like, <laughs> like wearing hey the guys, same clothes he wore the day before. And they're just like, like, oh, you're late. Okay. Come on over here. To the raid he was planning and orchestrating and whatnot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With all their cars kind of parked out back. and Yeah. They yeah. just park on the street. And like, he, and the guy who's undercover wouldn't be a part of the raid either. No. But we've Th- that was that. another question I had. Like, what? I, I didn't want to bring it up because I was like, well, it's not my minute, blah, blah, blah. But why is he there? He'll be recognized. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. It's, it's just because he's the main character. He has yeah. to be there. They need a pretty face. <laughs> oh, what a pretty face. Well, he's, he's looking good in this film. Oh, no, yeah. he does. He does. Oh, we, we didn't ask uh, the, the question we have to ask all our guests. We almost forgot. I almost forgot. Uh, are, are you more uh, finding yourself more into Swayze or Keanu in this movie? 100% to... Keanu. Okay. Really? okay. No question. No question. Swayze, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, okay. uh, he's not hideous, but I don't get it. And he, he looks like an older guy trying to play young. I think. Uh-huh. Whereas Keanu looks, he looks the age he's playing, maybe a little bit older. I don't, how old is he in this film? Is he, is he around he's 20, 25, 20, yeah, 24, 25, 26, somewhere yeah. around there. So, cause that, that works then. Cause I think he looks, he looks around that age. He's quite yeah. mature in some ways, but otherwise, yeah, I get it. Whereas mm-hmm. Swayze, he seems yeah, a bit too old <laughs> to be this surfer yeah, dude. He's about 10 know. years older than Keanu in this, I think. Uh, that, that, that works. That tracks for me. So, uh, yeah. Not, not that youth is everything, of course. No, no. Mm. But uh, I think Keanu, he's, he's looking cool here. He's looking good. He's at his prime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, most people have said Swayze, uh, yeah. most of our guests, but uh, it's good to have, a, uh, have another, uh, another opinion there. Yes. I'm not feeling the hairdo. Oh, <laughs> yeah. loving the hair. I love it because it's bad. <laughs> It's just so crunchy. Like yeah. I feel like you couldn't run your fingers through it. It would just snap off in your hands. Oh, yeah. The sun has done a number on that hair. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the leathery skin. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it is realistic, though, because that's how I yeah. imagine that character to look. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I think it does work for his character that he's like a little bit too old to be doing what he's doing. 
Yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah. he's trying to he's trying to do something else with his life. He's ha- he's surfing, and that is his life. But wh- where does that take you, really? Maybe he's searching for that other ingredient. He's searching for the ultimate. The ultimate, yeah. yes. Ultimate rush. All right. On that note, um, are we ready for uh, ready to dive into recommendations? Yeah. Am yeah. I going first? Yeah, yeah. Let's keep it the same order. <clears throat> okay. Cool. Well, my uh, original recommendation. I'm, I'm going to actually say a quick second one at the end now because of something oh, yeah. that we talked oh. about in a minute. My original recommendation was. Uh, the album Metal Box by Public Image Limited. It is my favorite album, uh, and it has my favorite song on it, Death Disco. Uh, the, the single version is called Swan Lake, so you might find it under both titles. Oh. But um, it's a song John Lydon wrote, uh, Johnny Rotten, about his mother uh, because she was dying of cancer. Um, so he wrote he wrote this song for her, and they've got the there's like a small reference to Swan Lake in the music, and um, it's very bleak and very dark, and dealing with his mother's impending death. And he he took it and played it to her on her deathbed, and she she <gasps> loved it. So, <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful song, wonderful album, very weird, and the opening tracks like. 13 minutes long <laughs> yeah and you've got to turn up the bass and it'll rattle your bones to within an inch of your life nice sounds um, awesome it is incredible but you you brought up the word pygmalion uh, mm-hmm. and you said falling in love with your creation so it just made me think of something which it's not her creation as such but the i would recommend the movie cecil be demented by john okay. waters um, because in that they it's a gang of as they call them cinema terrorists who kidnap a <laughs> they kidnap a big movie star who's she's on the way and she's getting old they kidnap her and force her at gunpoint to be in their movie <laughs> or they'll they'll kill her uh, and it's a it's a renegade movie where they they hate hollywood so they they uh take over the set of forest gump 2 gump again <laughs> and, uh, and things like that uh, but she she um discovers since she's been kidnapped and forced to be in it everyone just sort of turns their back on her they hate her and she falls kind of falls in love with being in this movie and with this gang uh, and she she becomes one of the gang it's meant to be a reference to patty hurst uh, a famous oh, yeah, yeah 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 she's in the movie patty hurst <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. oh my god yeah and, uh, she, wow it's quite funny that it's meant to be like oh, it's a bit like patty hurst and so she yeah she becomes one of the gang wow very cool yeah i i know i've only seen i think of john waters movies i think i've only seen pecker Oh, that was uh, a good one. I like Pepper. Yeah, I, I like it. I liked it well enough. But I, yeah, I think that's the only one I've ever seen. So I, I need to I need to catch up on my John Waters. Oh well, I I think some of the hardcore fans aren't too into those later ones like Pecker and Cecil Be Demented and things. But that that's how I got into him was was mm-hmm. Cecil Be Demented. So I I love them. I think yeah, that sounds great. really interesting. They're, to me, as, yeah. they're regarded as not as shocking, but I mean this is a movie where they kidnap a woman to force her to be in the movie, and he he it's like a cult they all worship the director cecil like he won't even let them have any form of sexual release until the movie's over celibate for celluloid <laughs> <laughs> i think i've heard that phrase yeah there you go <laughs> so you, you kind of they're, they're all desperate for anything any any touch any contact interesting <laughs> yeah that sounds really interesting to me i'll check that out i guess yeah, yeah if you're like introduced to john waters with his like more extreme stuff that would make sense but it's yeah. still it's still pretty weird Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Jessa? 
Yeah, so I'm going to recommend a, a for the most part recommendation of um the Twin Peaks: A Return <gasps> again. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, my favorite we, we, show in the world. We oh, just yeah. recently got around to watching the the season, the third season that they oh, released last year, and uh, I I loved it. Yeah, I you know was kind of like meh on the original Twin Peaks, and when Murren said he wanted to watch. The new Twin Peaks, I was like, eh. Um, but ended up really enjoying it. Um, mm. I I found myself becoming fascinated with David Lynch and with his creative mind. Um, mm. And I found a lot of his, his episodes, you know, they would kind of skew the balance of being atmospheric and like trying to make the audience feel something Mm. and then they would skew the other way of being you know a story and a plot and then sometimes they would meet in the middle and i found that really interesting as well as his use of music um, oh yeah including Mm -hmm. some of his own remixes and his own i mean he did the sound design so his, his own sound design um and I found it really fascinating and really made me want to revisit other film works that they achieve the audience, uh, giving the audience a feeling mm. versus. Um, yeah. that, without a person... straightforward narrative yeah. necessarily. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, a huge, usually I'm a huge fan of, well, David Lynch in general, but okay. Mulholland Drive, it to me, mm-hmm. is his best film. I agree. And that's like that. Like at the end of it, much like Twin Peaks The Return, you're like, what What have I just watched? <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, I mean yeah. that in a good way. Like you, you think about it, you mull it over. Yeah, for me, like David Lynch is a whole, oh, whole conversation about that. Yeah. Like I, I'm not the sort of David Lynch fan that like goes in or Twin Peaks and goes in and like, I need to know the answers to everything or like sort of like mm-hmm. think about what everything means. I just kind of let it wash over me. And then it still leaves me with like, you know, like Mulholland Drive, especially like I don't understand everything that happens in that movie, but it leaves me with a very satisfied like it's, it, you know, not like I know exactly what happened, but like yeah. I know like emotionally I know what happened. Like it it's, leaves me satisfied that way. That's the thing. That's what he goes for is mm-hmm. sometimes it's it's all about the feeling. Sometimes yeah. you in life you don't know what's happening or happened. Yes. And you feel something yeah which i i found very fascinating um mm. especially going into it being very like meh but after the first few episodes really becoming intrigued with his process and um it you know the the remix that he's done of the is it muddy flowers yeah, the the uh has a song muddy the muddy magnolias do american woman and then he he did a sl- he slows it down to like quarter speed and it sounds really creepy it's a, one of the <laughs> it's beautiful. i've been listening yeah i've been listening to the soundtrack yeah. that he uh, put together a lot the last couple of days and it makes me want to like really examine that track and figure out like what the hell did he do to it because if he if all he did was just slow it down he's a freaking genius <laughs> because it sounds crazy good and crazy scary i like that you mentioned uh the use of music in it though because mm-hmm. i mean twin peaks again my favorite show that all of it it's my favorite thing oh my god i'm obsessed um <laughs> but it's famous for its use of music the original 
you know the way it's like almost a constant soundtrack of that jazz and stuff mm-hmm. but i like the way in this in the return he i think deliberately stripped everything back that you think of as twin peaks yeah so most of the scenes in this new one there's no music and when the music comes in it's it's a band playing it. yeah. it's not angelo badalamenti doing his thing most of the time so he's deliberately taken away what you think of as Twin Peaks. He, he does it numerous times. He takes away the coffee and pie. He even takes away the star. He takes Dale Cooper away. Yeah. yeah. But, so it's David Lynch saying, I can make Twin Peaks without these things that are now tropes. Yeah. And yeah. I'll make it work. And he knew people were anticipating this for 25 years. Like, oh, it's going to come back. It's gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get Dale and Cooper. I'm going to get all this yum, 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 yum. And then yeah, he's like, well, yeah. you're going to get it, sort of. You're going to so, get it my way. But <laughs> yep. it's going to be not as much, and it's going to be in a different way than you think it'll be. Yeah. Ah. It was a wonderful surprise. Yeah. Yeah, and I loved the use of the um, Hiroshima... Um... Oh yeah, that yeah. the episode eight where the yeah it jumps to 1946 in White Sands, New Mexico, and it tells the story of the creation of the atomic bomb was terrifying. It's yeah, um, wonderful. And so I've never, I've only seen Twin Peaks. I haven't seen any other David Lynch things, and so I don't. I never thought of him as being like particularly scary or anything. But that oh, was no. terrifying. <laughs> he is he, honestly his movies are they're they're, hor- they're horrific. In the best way, again. Like, this, to me, if you like The Return, I think there'll be something in his his works that you'll enjoy because mm-hmm. this, to me, felt like uh, the best of David Lynch. It was awesome. like, let's throw in David's greatest hits. <laughs> it's uh, awesome. it, yeah. there's, there's bits of Razorhead in there. There's bits of Mulholland Drive, bits of Twin Peaks, obviously. It's very odd. He's he's just pulling from everything he's done. It feels like his his grand finale, but I don't think it will be. Yeah, I hope not. I hope. Yeah, we'll see what he does next. I have no idea. But yeah, I, I, just, I also just want to say Kyle MacLachlan deserves all the accolades. All the accolades. <laughs> and Laura Dern. Yeah. And yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Well worth it. All right, I, I'm going to recommend uh, a movie we watched. We, I've been trying to slowly go through, since this is a, a Catherine Bigelow film, I've been slowly going through the movies of hers that I haven't seen uh, and getting them when I can. And uh, we recently watched Blue Steel, oh. uh, which is a Jamie Lee Curtis uh, cop movie uh, that I'd never seen before. Um, I've seen most of her. I've seen most of Catherine Bigelow's movies now, but we'll, we'll see if we can, we'll get to the rest of them and talk about them as the episodes go on. This one was fantastic. I mm-hmm. thought I, I went into it expecting kind of probably what you expected going into Point Break, which is like, oh, it'll be like a, a Jamie Lee Curtis cop movie. She's a cop and she shows him that she can do it, and you know she you know she yeah. gets the bad guy in the end, and it's just sort of a traditional like procedural police movie. But it it was not that at all. I would say it was uh, kind of turned that on its head. There's um, Jamie Lee Curtis is it's probably her best performance that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, unless you you know you can go like oh she's she's funny and like Freaky Friday and you know that's that's different. But this is like it's a very good dramatic character work performance from her, and um, mm. she looks damn good in a cop outfit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's it's a fascinating movie. I thought it's it was done right before this is the movie right before Point Break that probably got her Point Break, uh, and. Uh, Ron Silver is the villain, kind of, and yeah. he's kind. Of, yeah, he's the villain. Uh, Clancy Brown plays a detective. He's great. Oh, I love him. 
yeah he's yeah. wonderful uh and uh yeah it's i'm trying to think what to say about it without like giving away everything yeah um because the the plot is more complicated and more twisted and dark than you would think yeah it's um, it, it really surprised me and it wasn't what i expected yeah. and uh yeah it just go go watch blue steel i think it's also on amazon prime right now or it was a few weeks ago when yeah. we watched it so i'd, I'd highly recommend yeah. uh, checking that out it's it's dark it's 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 uh, another it falls into the category of like ugly new york city movies mm-hmm. when new york city was still horrible you don't get that anymore do you yeah my it's understanding not... is new york's pretty nice now yeah post it's pre giuliani post giuliani this is still pre you know mostly uh it was kind of falling into that the warriors category of it's a hellhole nightmare where anything can happen um so it, it definitely has it's, it's a dark movie it's it was fairly scary i would say um yeah. and uh yeah I, I really loved it blue steel all right. Well, I am going to go get a meatball sub. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you once again for joining us on Point Break Minute. Thank you for coming on, John Parker. Oh, thank you for having me. And if if you are interested in hearing more of me for any reason, I don't know why you would be, find me at Bat Minute, the, the Batman podcast. We go one minute at a time, just like this. Just like this, indeed. Awesome. Thank you for listening. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Check out other Movies by Minutes podcasts like Bat Minute. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Surf it up, bro. Woo!